Man, it's good to be here this afternoon. Man, what a, what a great sense of God's presence is here. It is it's a sweet presence today, isn't it? Real sweet presence in the room. And, and uh, I just know the Lord has just wants to continue that. And how, how many are thankful that God is present? Amen. He's present with us. He is among us. He longs to interact. So, Lord, we just thank you right now that you are here. That you're speaking and that you're moving. That God, you're longing to interact. You're longing for us to know more of your heart. You're longing, Lord, for us to know uh, more of your goodness, um, that it would be revealed in the earth. And so we just say, yes to your presence, Lord. Yes to your presence, Lord. And your goodness, Lord, here in this place, in Jesus' mighty name. All right, all right, all right. Well, we're, we've been in a series called Near, and we're going to stay in it. We're basically, we are just nailing down the kingdom of God. And uh, if you were here last week, we got spent some time on the reality that we got the power. Look at your neighbor and say, I got the power. Come on, we talked about the fact that we got the power unto salvation. How many think that we have the power unto salvation? We are saved, healed, delivered, and rescued. Come on, somebody, aren't you so glad about that? We have the power unto the supernatural. How many are thankful signs, wonders, and miracles? God's ability is available in this life through us. Amen. And uh, how many know that we got the power to create wealth? Amen. We talked about that power. We have, God has given. He trusts us with the power to create wealth. And finally, we have the power unto wisdom. How many are thankful that we got the power? Come on, look at your neighbor one more time and say, you got the power. You can do it one more time with a little bit of tune and say, you got the power. All right, all right. Come on, you're surrounded by powerful people right now because they've been fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and in his likeness. Amen. You know, there, there's a solution sitting next to you right now. You know, I, I like that this solution language is starting to get into our church, you know, because we can say things like, uh, I'm not a problem, I'm a And we know what we're talking about around here. I like it. I like it. You know, I, you know I, I thought I made up the word solutionary. I, unfortunately, I didn't make it up. It was, it is, it's in the dictionary already. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm redefining what a solutionary is. You know, people like me, we like to think that we made things up first, you know. Anybody else in the room like that? Come on. Oh, thanks, Ptolemy. Yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. Got a few others in there. I like to take credit for things that aren't really mine, but anyways. Yeah, uh-huh. And, uh, you know, first to copyright. I'll, I'll race you. Anyways. Um, and so, but, you know, there's this idea that we are people who are not a problem. We're a solution, meaning we're not in the way of the plan of God. We are the plan of God. God doesn't want to work despite me. God wants to work through me. Come on. I'm going to say this till the end of my life. God doesn't want to work despite you. You're not a roadblock. You're a solution. And so we are on a journey as a community, as a church, wanting to discover our full potential as Christ moves through us the hope of glory. Can I get a big amen? Come on. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, you're not a problem. You're a solution. Uh-huh. All right. You know, we, we say things around here like I'm God's favorite, you know, and we believe it. You know, I mean, that's a little radical, isn't it? You know, it's a little uncomfortable for some of us, you know. Like, you know, what, what, if, what if I'm God's favorite? Well, we can both be God's favorite at the same time. Isn't that amazing? You know, he, he, you know just, just tell your neighbor just for practice sake, I'm God's favorite. You know. <laughs> I 
All you introverts right now are loving that I'm making you talk to strangers. You're like, when is he going to stop? Uh-huh. Jason's lucky. He's behind the booth tonight. He, he's, he's protected. And uh, my, my introvert, banner-carrying friend. Um, well, I want to talk about the kingdom of God with you tonight. And, uh, you know, this is some 101. But how many know that we could talk about the kingdom of God all night long and not hit all the things about the kingdom of God? Amen. And, uh, you know, they, they said it in the Gospels that if, if we were to write it all down, we, there wouldn't be enough paper in, in the earth to do it. And so um, what I really want to set a foundation here for, for the reality of, of the capacity of the kingdom of God. And, and I want to call this the ever-increasing kingdom. Why don't you say that with me? The ever-increasing kingdom. One more time. The ever-increasing kingdom. And so there is an ever-increasing kingdom that God has established on the earth. And so what's really difficult, first things first, about the message of the kingdom is that it's a message about a kingdom. And we're alive in the 21st century. Like, any, any, any princes or princesses in the room? Uh, oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Ladies, you are a princess, okay? We have tiaras in the back somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, any, anybody from the feudal age? Anybody? <laughs> you, know, you know, it's, you know, I really got an amazing revelation of the kingdom when I started traveling to Europe seven years ago. Um, I guess eight years ago now it's been. And, uh, and when I went there, I saw castles for the first time. And it was amazing to me to, to see a real castle. And, and, and one of the castles I got to go in had, you know, 32 different pinnacle moments and towers and things. It was just massive. It was gorgeous. And, and, uh, and so I'm, as, I, as I began to understand what was available um, in, these, in these structures, I began to also understand how they worked. And there's these beautiful stories of, of really our heritage from a civilization standpoint of where we've come from. But how many know that the way that a kingdom works is very different than how a democratic republic works? Right? You know, how many know that we're not a democracy in America? We are democratic, but we're not a democracy. We're a republic, right? Uh, we have a government structure that was established on a republic. And, uh, and, and so there's, there, there's, that means that there's, there's rules for that, isn't there? There, there's, there, are, there is a, there is, we, we have, we have a, a, we have a government structure and then we add a federal level and we have, we have state, you know, structure and, and government level. Then it goes down into counties and then into townships and to cities and, and villages and, and all of them have layers and people who are in charge trying to understand how to better the way that we live, aren't they? Ultimately, shouldn't government be focused on that? How do we better the way people live? And how do we enforce the law? And so here it is. Like we, we think of, um, of the kingdom of God and we're doing our best as the richest people in the world to understand what a kingdom was like. And, and it's hard for us to understand. Like, you know, the, the, the Bible wasn't written to you. It was written for you, right? Any, any first century impoverished Jews living under Rome. Anybody in the room? Anyone from 27 AD? You know, the, the Bible wasn't written to you. You weren't the audience in mind when the Bible was written, when, when they, you know, right? I mean, that's not what was happening. The Bible was written for you, but it wasn't written to you. And so the language that's written didn't have you in mind when it was written. Because it's talking about a kingdom. 
It's talking about slaves. It's talking about, you know, empires that are, you know, controlling and, and taxing 60%. You know, could you imagine if 60% of our income was, was taken away from us and then taken to another country? I mean, we, well, America wasn't found on that. Praise God. <laughs> We'd have another America get birthed out of that scenario if it was alive and well today. And so the, we have to realize that when we start talking about the kingdom, you know, I'm sure non Pre-Christians, let's call them, must think we're nuts. I mean, they must read our social media posts and be like, why are they talking about the kingdom? The, like, like do, are they in love with knights and like fairy tales or something? That's what it is. They're just a bunch of fairy dust, fairy tale talking people. <laughs> but how many know that when you look how central the message of the kingdom is, you realize why it's such a big deal, but we also got to learn how to translate that reality into something that makes sense for us. Can I get a big amen? And so when we start talking about the grandeur of the kingdom of God, sometimes we can disconnect from it because it's like we don't really understand what a kingdom is. You know, if we started talking about the, excuse me, the United States of America, we have a little context you know, some of us are citizens, some of us are visitors, and, and, uh, and, and we have a context because we're here out of a desire or a need or a pursuit, and, and, we, we, and we're interacting with it. And we realize, if you travel, you realize that America's very different. One of the other things I've gained out of my travels around the world um, is that I love America. <laughs> America. You know, there, there's a narrative in the earth that's trying to, you know, trying, you know, trying to get Americans to not be proud of America anymore. You know, and, and, it's, and it's all out of the mistakes that we've made. And, and show me a perfect country. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I mean, we have lots of places to grow and, and we have places to be, um, it, it, we have places to grow as a nation, obviously. But how many know that, you know, I mean, Amer you guys, let me tell you. <laughs> Out of the 20-some countries I've been to and all different levels of economies and socioeconomical value and interest in the world, I mean, America is the greatest nation in the world. It. it is. It. And the whole reason we're having border conversations, which I'm, I'm not giving you an opinion about this, but the reason that these conversations exist is because everybody wants to come here. We are the most generous immigration nation in the world. We take 10 times more immigrants in as a nation than any other nation in the world every year. Remarkable. No other economy could handle that many people coming into their nation. We can because of who we are and our generosity. It's profound. Profound. You know, all we hear is the other stuff, right? You know, all we hear is, and I'm not saying that the system, I mean, there's, a, there's, a, needs adjustments, but there's something beautiful about it. But even in the midst of what it is and what it's not, how do we know it's still not the kingdom of God? It's still man's best version, isn't it? You know, it's still man's best. And in the end, man's best is going to have man's limitation. And so what I want to talk to you today is not about man's limitation. I want to talk to you about God's capacity, about an ever-increasing kingdom. Amen? I got a little distracted there because I'm pretty fired about politics right now. Amen? Hey, you guys can pray for me. I'm going to Washington in two weeks. Come on. Pray for me. Favoring meetings. God's opening up doors. It's crazy stuff. 
I'm just saying yes to the Lord. And uh, there's, some, there's some things that are brewing that the Lord wants to, uh, I think, is inviting me into. Um, and just be praying for me for wisdom. How many know that when you shift atmospheres and you're aware of that and you, and you carry that authority that the enemy trembles a little bit? How many know that, po- that the political spirit is, is equally as strong as the religious spirit, isn't it? You know, we've all been in religious situations where someone gets squashed, right? They get disempowered. They get sat down. They get told they're rebellious because they're, you know, they're really actually kingdom and not religious. Anyone been there? I got the stories. I got the scar. And I, I got the T-shirt. I got them all, you know. You know, that political spirit is the same way. And so, you know, I, I think we need a lot of wisdom when we begin to interact with um, uh, in the political world. And so just be praying for me and uh, that I can be... Um, I can walk, I can lead as a lamb and have my lion ready whenever I need it. Amen? Okay. <laughs> hey, why don't you, uh, you know, I, I mean, let's just start here. We know that when the kingdom comes, that heaven begins to demonstrate itself. We've been, we've been plowing for six years now, declaring on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? I mean, this is our passion. It is our pursuit. It is the reality of the essence of God's will is that heaven would begin to come to earth. Can I get a big amen? And so we're pretty excited about that. I, but how many know that earth is not the, is, is not the only resting place of heaven? You know, Elon Musk right now is, is trying to get to Mars. And he's going to do it. You got to watch, watch the documentary. I mean, this guy is, is, is about to get to Mars. And, and he's got a sustainable way that everyone else can go with him. There's four significant challenges in the way that he has to solve. But this guy, in his lifetime, is going to set his own feet on Mars. And he believes he's, he, that they're going to set up a colony in Mars. They have a plan for it. Like, it's happening. It's in motion. There's billions of dollars being spent towards this. If this happens, how do you adjust your theology? Does heaven work on Mars as much as heaven works on Earth? Come on. Come on. I tell you what, the kingdom of God is bigger than the earth, isn't it? Come on, the ever-increasing kingdom is bigger than your current reality. It's bigger than your neighborhood. It's bigger than your business. It's bigger than our nation. Come on. It's bigger than global economic powers. Come on. It's bigger than continents of the world. It's bigger than the earth itself. It is the whole galaxy. It's the cosmos. God is in charge, and he's sitting on the throne. Can we get a big amen? He's so much bigger. So much bigger. (laughs) You know, the earth is like the size of a softball in the middle of a football stadium in comparison to the sun. A softball in the middle of a football stadium, and if the stadium was the sun, that's how they would compare. Remarkable. Remarkable. We're like this little itty, itty bitty little thing hanging in the cosmos. You know, anyone like seeing the science on black holes right now? It's remarkable. Like altered realities, new dimensions. Like there's sign, like they're, they're tracking black holes. Like it's real. Like, like, they're, like there's mysteries. They don't understand it all, but there's mysteries where things disappear and they stretch and they become multidimensional. And we're like, it's happening, you guys. Heaven is getting a little closer because we're becoming more aware of what already is. 
artificial intelligence. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Anybody know about artificial intelligence? What's happening? The machines are coming. That's what's happening. And we got to make some big decisions right now about how we're going to manage that. Or else the intelligence of the machine will increase past the intelligence of humanity. Like we actually have a decision to make in a generation about what we're going to do about this. Like this is real. Like every day you're creating artificial intelligence when you open up your phone. Legally, according to the definition, you are a cyborg according to the amount of physical data that you have put into your phone. On average, you fit the classification of a cyborg currently in science. Because there's enough profile and enough information through, through Google, through Facebook, through everything that we're doing that we are linked. That there's a reality of, of our presence is being established in a, in a data age, in a data world. And eventually the aggregate of how much data we've pumped into the machine will begin to make decisions for us. And so the other day I was taught, what was I talking about? Um, something very random. What was it? A, a boomerang. I was talking about a boomerang the other day. Anyone, how often does anyone talk about boomerangs anymore? Anybody? Any, 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 any boomerang activists in the room? You know, I, I, ta- I said the word boomerang. Guess what showed up as an ad on Facebook for me? Within six hours, an ad for a boomerang. So in fear, we think that that's a person listening but actually, it's technology, it's artificial intelligence that's listening and then creating an experience for me, customized to the things that I'm talking about. Alexa, yeah, there you go. How, how many guys know that even if, our, our, if it's artificial intelligence, the ever-increasing kingdom is still bigger than artificial intelligence? Come on, somebody. There's a lot of things going on right now where we can get kind of choked up. You know, you might be more progressive in your social politics. You might be more conservative in your social politics. You might be excited about going to Mars. You might be pro-AI. You might be against AI. You might be for cloning people. You might be against. It doesn't matter. All of it is man's ability and the ever-increasing kingdom wins in the end. Can I get a big amen? And so we don't understand what's possible in this word kingdom. If we don't understand the breadth and the height and the width of what's available in the kingdom. We'll miss out on what God is actually saying and what he's wanting to do in the earth. You see, because we're called to be a solution. If we're actually going to be a solution that changes the world, we got to see the world and understand the problems that are in the world as God sees them. Come on, somebody. And so if we're just kind of hanging out in our little world, getting excited about, you know, wow, well, you know, I, I, got, I got my raise. And then, you know, well, you know, we celebrated another anniversary. And then, you know, Johnny went to school. And, and, and all these things are necessary to steward. I'm not saying don't steward those things. I'm just saying we need to add on top of that questions that God's asking. What are the questions that God's asking right now? Where are we really at as a civilization in our awareness of how big God is, of how, how accessible the kingdom is and what's available in those moments? There's something significant that's happening, and the thing that's happening, I think is so significant, connected to the kingdom, is that we're realizing that everyone gets to play in the kingdom. How many know that we've seen more miracles in the last 10, 15 years than in any other generation, I believe? 
If you look at the per capita of people that are going simply by this, I can prove it by my math. My math is how many conferences have people learning how to do signs and wonders? How many conferences are having people learn how to hear the voice of God? How many conferences are going on? There's, there's, there's an empowerment movement. Literally millions of people have gotten trained and are beginning to do ministry that used to not do ministry because the old idea was that the person holding the microphone did the ministry. So we're, we're going to scale right now. There's something really beautiful where there's multiplication, where we're going to scale through empowerment and through networks, if you will. And, and there's something beautiful about the power and the love of God being on display. And this is part of that ever-increasing kingdom. And so uh, how many are thankful for the kingdom of God? Amen? So I, I want to talk to you a little more about this kingdom, about the reality. Um, it, is, it is absolutely um, central. You know, Jesus talked about the kingdom over 85 times in Scripture. All right, 85 times. And once again, we don't have everything that Jesus said in Scripture um, documented. Everything that he said isn't documented. But what they did document 85 times is talked about. You know, the, like in comparison, the word pastors in the Bible twice. Right? I mean, I mean in, in comparison, you know. And, and so the kingdom of God was, was, was very dynamic. Matthew chapter 3, it says, In those days, verse 1, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judah, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's near. The kingdom of heaven is near us. And one of the things that we got to begin to understand is as we, as we realize what's possible in the kingdom, we have to realize how close that it is. You know, we talk about current events and things or weird things like AI or going to live on Mars and things like that. Those things are very close in, in, in time. They're close in time to becoming realities for us. But what's true is right now, the kingdom of heaven is as close as the mention of his name. We have access to the kingdom of God at the mention of his name. And, uh, and so Matthew chapter 4 goes on and says, From this time on, Jesus began preaching, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 4.23, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among people. Come on, somebody. Matthew 6, 9 through 10, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, 33, But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. Matthew 10, 7. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Are you getting the point? We're still in Matthew. It's the kingdom. It's everything. If you don't understand the kingdom, you can't understand God. You see, and, and the idea of a kingdom, I, I, I set this up a few weeks ago. The idea of a kingdom is a, is a, is, is a structure and out of that structure was the idea of, of a king, his dominion, and his domain. It was a king, a person, so you have a person, you have their rules, and you have their territory. Right? This is the idea of a kingdom. And so if you would go back into kingdom ages, the idea, the essence of their power, and the essence of the rule was founded by their structure, okay, so walls and castles, right? And so their power or their authority was only dictated through people beyond those walls, right? 
And so today we have we have boundaries. Today we they didn't um, nations didn't have borders at that in, that in that time frame. And so they weren't talking about nations and borders. They were talking about cities and then the realm or the influence of 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 how far that that king's rule could reach. And so that's why there were so many wars. I mean, it was all about territory. It was about can I control this land? Who's actually in charge of it? Well, I am. Well, no, I am. Well, let's fight about it. Let's see whose army's bigger. And so there is a king, there is a person, and then there is their, their territory, and then there is their rules. And what's true about the king, about a kingdom, is that whatever the king says is what's going to happen. How, how many know that that's what's going on? And so we, we have the kingdom of heaven as a theocracy, right? It's not a democracy, it's a theocracy. And the structure within this theocracy, which defines your relationship to the kingdom, is that there is one God, there is one king, and we've been invited in to rule and reign with him. As a citizen of heaven, you're also a co-heir to rule and reign. It's a paradox, isn't it? And so what, what's exciting is that it's actually better than any earthly structure because we get all the benefits of citizenship and we get the right to manage ourselves and to rule and reign at the same time and to do it with Christ. And so when we begin to talk about this idea of, of God's kingdom coming to earth, we are looking to begin to establish the rule and the reign of the king in his domain. The earth is his domain. Mars is his domain. The cosmos are his domain. Come on. Saturn and his, is his domain. Let's talk about the whole thing, right? I mean, it's all his domain, and it is our responsibility as being made in his image and his likeness to exercise his rule and his reign. You know, there's the caller, the messenger, you know, the, the person that would go out into the streets, the highways and the byways, and he would, uh, hear ye, hear ye, the king doth decree that thou wilt increase thine taxes by three pence every week. Right? And then if you don't do it, what's going to happen? Well, someone's going to bring some whoop. Someone going, someone's going to enforce the rule of the king. And so whenever someone would rebel against the king, they were exercising self-rule. Right? And so the interesting thing about the kingdom of God is that we're invited to come and subject ourselves to a king of kings, and yet also operate in self-control. And so there's this beautiful tension that we're invited into. And, uh, and, and so, but the moment that we believe that we are outside of God is the moment that we've really entered into what is called missing the mark, or sin, if you will. And so I believe the core value of sin is the moment that I believe I can do things on my own. It's the moment that I believe I can self-provide. Self-righteousness is self-provision, all right? When I can provide for myself, when I can sustain myself outside of God, outside of community, outside of covenant, then I am self-sufficient. That is the epitome of sin. And I believe you can trace every moment of sin in our lives to this place where we believed that it was my responsibility or we believe the lie that I was abandoned and now I have to, even though I don't want to. You know, it goes in both ways, doesn't it? Some of, some of us in the room, we've wanted it to be self-sufficient, and other of us believe that we are abandoned, and now we have to be self-sufficient. Both are lies out of the pit of hell. Amen. And so as we talk about the reality of the kingdom, we have to realize that it is, it is bigger, and it is available for us to have access to, and it's very, very 
good. Someone say the kingdom is good. It is good. All right, so you can hear the kingdom, uh, the kingdom reference in a couple different ways in your Bible. You can hear it as the kingdom of heaven. You can hear it as the Father's kingdom, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the Son, the kingdom, uh, eternal kingdom, eternal life, um, and, and also the, the word of God or the message of the kingdom, if you will. And in the Old Testament, you heard it kind of symbolized as this, the promised land, the kingdom of David, or the city of God. All right? And so this is a theme that's all through Scripture um, that we see. And, it's a, and so the, the kingdom works from an internal to external position. One of the things about the kingdom, as the king exercises his rule, it always starts on the inside and then it gets on the outside. You know, I, um, you know we always talk about the idea that, well, if you show me, I'll believe. And oftentimes in the kingdom of God, it's I'll believe and then he'll show us. How many know that that's an opposite belief system than what the world would ask us to, would invite us into? You know, the, the, the kingdom works from individual to corporate, all right? And so it starts with one, it reaches another one, and then something greater happens. It starts from spiritual to physical. It starts in the invisible to visible. You know, Hebrews says that God framed the world with his words and he made that which was seen from the unseen. How many know that if you're going to co-create with God, you got to be willing to work in invisible space first? Right? You have to be willing to get outside of your mind and into your spirit and be willing to partner with the Lord so that you can create something from a heavenly position. All right, we know that the kingdom works from heaven to earth. We know that it works from small to big. And, uh, and, and so this is, uh, this is a beautiful thing. Um, we, we need to realize um, some clarifiers. We have some clarifiers, and I, I went over this with our students, actually. Um, but how many guys know that the kingdom is not a Jewish kingdom? It's important for us to know what the kingdom is not. It's not a Jewish kingdom. You know, one of the most radical things that's happened over time was that Paul had a revelation that the kingdom wasn't only for the Jews. It was for the Gentiles. You know, and, and, uh, and so it's, while we honor the Jews and we honor Israel and we, and we know that there's favor on them and, and God has his hand upon them, they aren't the only ones. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're included? That's good news, isn't it? You know, one of the other things that the kingdom is not is it's not a political kingdom, okay? So there's not a political spirit. What's a political spirit? It's when you say one thing and you do another. It's when you, when you meet the, when you tickle the ears of people and tell them you're going to satisfy them or represent them, and then you represent your own interests only. That's a political spirit. And so, um, and, and so we know that, um, you know, when they tried to make Jesus king, you know, that he fled. He ran away from that idea. He didn't want to be king in a political structure. He wanted to be king from a kingdom structure, a heavenly structure. Um, one of the other things that the kingdom is not is it's not exclusively a military kingdom. God's not showing up in tanks anytime soon, I promise you. Right? Come on. He, he may have acts of justice that, that, that will react and respond according to his heart and whatever that looks like in the end times. Um, you know, but, but what's true is that it's not a military depot. We, we, are, we are not trying to do the war of God and destroy all those with physical harm that don't share our belief system. Can I get a big amen? This is not a, a, a military agenda. That's what ISIS is. ISIS is a military kingdom perspective, meaning taking by force even to the point of violence. All right, physical violence. All right, and so um, it is not a limited number kingdom. You know, some weird the theology about only 144,000 get in, you know. 
And, uh, you know, narrow is the gate to eternity. You know, and we think that narrow is a little th thing of space. It just means, you know, that, that it's a trying place. It means it's going to squeeze you a little bit is what it actually means. And, uh, and so it, it, it's not literal. And, uh, you know, and there's not just 12 tribes that are making it in. It's not a limited number kingdom. It's, a, it's an ever-increasing kingdom. Praise God. And uh, how many know that the, that the kingdom is not the reestablishment of the Mosaic law? How many thankful that the kingdom is a, has a new covenant established with it? Amen. And, and it's a better covenant. You know, and the Bible calls it a better covenant. And, uh, and so we need to be, you know, understand that. And so, um, you know, the kingdom of heaven is not a churchocracy either. You know, some, some of our holy trinities are, you know, um, pastor, church, and holy scriptures. And we're not allowing the, the trinity to be established as God, Father, and Holy Spirit. God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. Sorry. Amen. There we go. Right? How many know that the church comes out of the kingdom, the kingdom doesn't come out of the church? Come on. Okay. Uh, the kingdom is, is not uh, cultural imperialism. What do I mean by that? It, it, it means that it's not, um, the kingdom of heaven is not a, a set of values that look like you're a Republican with blonde hair and blue eyes. All right? It doesn't have a cultural agenda that's ex mutually exclusive or in opposition um, and sets itself at, at a playing field at that level. The values of the kingdom are really for the benefit of all. Can I get a big amen? Okay? The kingdom is not only in heaven. That's good news. Come on, somebody, right? The kingdom of heaven is it, it's, it's not only in heaven. It's being demonstrated here on the earth. And so we need to begin to realize what is available to us and, and also what it is not. And so when we get, begin to talk about the kingdom, we need to realize that God gave us a pattern for us to follow that we would duplicate. And so one of the, one of the beautiful things that's happening right now in the, in the church is that we're realizing that we were called to be like him, right? And so one of the structures that God set up in the old covenant, um, and the spirit of this still exists, was the idea of kings and priests, and when Jesus came, he said, you know, I'm going to be a king and a priest. I'm going to be both of these things. Um, according to the children of Israel, um, one-twelfth were priestly in their thinking, and eleven-twelfths were, were called to be more kingly in their thinking, okay? And so there was this, uh, this idea that one-twelfths of the tribes would really work with the priority of the temple and offering sacrifices and, and, and being in right standing with the Lord. This would be kind of like local church leaders, you know. And so if you were the tribe of Levi, you were the, we were one-twelfth as priests, but then there, there were high priests, right? There's only a few that actually got to offer the sacrifices. And so, um, and, and so in this place, um, there, were, there was an idea of priority that was given, and so one of the things about the ever-increasing kingdom is that we need people who think from a kingly mentality and a priestly mentality. And the church has been stuck thinking like priests. We've been stuck thinking about the, the attributes or the priorities of the temple alone. And we've not been aware of what it looks like to advance the ever-increasing kingdom outside the walls of the temple. And so uh, if, if you're only thinking like a priest, you think that you have to go to church five times a week. If you're thinking like a priest, you're, 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 you're thinking about this idea, you know, that, uh, of, of a nurturing component only and, and not a commissioning component. 
you know, a, a priest or a pastor grace, if you will, is going to be a, how can we gather and stay close, but a kingly perspective is how can we launch you out and advance and take more ground? It's an opposing culture, isn't it? But the beautiful thing about it is it actually looks like a family. It's actually a maternal instinct and a fatherly instinct that you find in the priest and the king. And so when we start talking about the kingdom of God, we need to realize that we are called to host his presence, to go after revival, to have the encounter, to get face to face with him, to come close, to huddle, to gather. And we're also called to go out and create wealth. And we're also called to go out and set up, you know, outposts. And we're also called, come on, to, to confront the idea of, of the wicked out there. And, and so, or, you know, from principality standpoint. And so we are called to advance two realms at the same time. And so because the church has not had a kingly perspective, we had a, we've had a pauper perspective. We've had an impoverished perspective. We've stayed hidden in our buildings and we've lost the culture. And so one of the things to regain the culture is that we got to understand what the king's rule is so that we can exercise his dominion when we go outside the walls. And so last week what I talked about, the, the power under salvation, power under the supernatural, power unto to create wealth, and power unto wisdom, these are four key areas, key, four fundamentals of kingliness that we need to exercise when we go outside the walls. Come on, somebody. How many know that if you're hanging out in the temple five days a week, you probably know Jesus? Come on, when you're hanging out in the temple, you might not need anyone to lay hands on you. Come on, when you're hanging out in the temple, all of your needs are satisfied. You know, when you're hanging out in the temple, you're not making many decisions. You're just habitating. How many know that we need the supernatural power of God when we're out of the house? We need the, the ability to create wealth outside of the house. Come on. We need wisdom outside of the house. We need salvation, saved, healed, rescued. You don't need to be rescued when you're hiding in the building. Well, actually, you need to be rescued from yourself. But, you know, that's another conversation. The idea of the kingdom is that we've been invited to establish his rule and his reign in the earth. And when we don't do the bidding of the king, we choose to live under what's called self-rule. To deny the supernatural is to, deny, is to declare self-rule. To deny your anointing to create wealth is to declare self-rule. Come on, somebody. To deny salvation is to, is to declare self-rule. To live as a fool, the opposite of wisdom, is to declare self-rule. So in the kingdom is this invitation that we get to be rescued. In this invitation is that we get the power to signs, wonders, and miracles. In this invitation is that we get to create wealth and, and create legacies and prosperity. In this invitation of the kingdom is the full capacity that I can have the wisdom of God with unlimited access. Come on, somebody. It's good news. It's good news. And it's near you. It's near you. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, it's near you. I mean, it's like E.T. close, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's that close. You 
You know, it's amazing when you begin to believe in the kingdom and what's available in the kingdom, what begins to open up to you. Now, I'll just share a little bit of my journey. You know, lately it's just been a little bit of a wild ride. Um, the, the Lord's just opening up crazy doors. I mean, crazy doors. And I, I've shared, you know, a little bit with you guys about, like, my, my dirty cry moment at Starbucks. You guys remember that story? And uh, basically I, I had, like, this moment where the Lord exposed a lie that I had been believing for 20 years about my worth and my value. I have this dirty cry moment in, in Starbucks, and, you know, I'm just like, this revelation just hits me, and I exchanged the lie for truth, and all of a sudden it was just like, oh, my goodness, like I've been believing this for so long. And, and I tell you what, the moment that that freedom came to me, it has unleashed me to gain new ground for the kingdom of God more than any other season of my life combined. I mean, it's remarkable. Like, like unprecedented. And, and what I'm beginning to realize is that all of these, well, this is already, we teach this. It, everything's already available. Your potential, your purpose, everything you need, the wealth, the creation, it's all available. The influence, it's available. Come on. The breakthrough is available. The healing is available. Come on. It, it's all available. And the only closed heaven is in between our ears. And what does it look like for us to begin to, to shake off the shame of our past? What does it look like to shake off, shake off the, the declarations that were made over us by people that we love that said, you know, you're going to have this limitation or you're going to have this amount of worth. Or, you know, and, and they created this realm where we believe that something was true that really wasn't true. What does it look like for us to begin to open ourselves up and say, God, what, where, where are the roadblocks that I have created in my life that are eliminating me from walking in the full reality of the kingdom unto salvation, unto the supernatural, unto creating wealth and unto wisdom? Like where are the places in my life where I've decided to declare self-rule? I had decided to declare self-rule that I would only work inside of the church. From a sphere of influence standpoint. You know, George is a good friend. And, and, and one time we, 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 were, we were around some other people. And, and uh, we walked away from this. And, and George was like, hey, why were you acting like that? I know it's good to have good friends in your life. Amen? He's like, Drew, why were you acting like that? I'm like, acting like what? He's like, well, when you kind of get around these types of people, like you kind of do this thing. I'm like, I'm the, no, I do not. What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm Drew Neal. I'm, I'm pretty confident. I'm, I know who I am. He's like, oh, well, I just thought I'd let you know. Come on. There was a limitation. Something I was believing. I wasn't acting out of my identity. I was acting out of what I perceived that I needed to become in that moment around those people for such and such reasons. And now all of a sudden, that scenario is playing out in my life of the type of people that I'm around, and I'm, there's life coming out of this. Where I was once rejected, I'm now being invited. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I said, when you're aware of the kingdom, and you're living in the king's rule and the king's domain, you get invited in. Come on. And I tell you what, there's, you know, it's one of the reasons why we don't accept responsibility for our world around us is because we don't actually believe we can bring breakthrough or being an ambassador of what it takes for things to open wide, wide, wide open. 
We think that there's going to be this limitation and it's always going to stay this way and God can't use me because of X, Y, and Z and we don't realize that we're operating under self-rule. But let's just talk about who God says you are for a second. (laughs) Come on. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Come on. Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. Someone say many. You are the many. It's you. Come on, you were made to live out the reality of releasing reconciliation. You are an ambassador of the ministry of reconciliation. It is your capacity to bring people face to face with the Father and for them to be restored that they would know who they really are. Come on, this is who you're called. You are a new creation. The former things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Come on, you're new in Jesus. You get a fresh start every single moment. You just screwed up. Okay, Jesus help me, and he will. It's fully available. Come on, there's something inside of us that God placed that allows us to come alive when we realize who we are in him. So there's like, you know, I'll, I'll just be transparent. There's moments where I'm, I'm in situations right now and I, I have no clue what I'm doing. I mean, I mean, I mean literally, I, I don't have any clue what I'm doing. I don't, um, I'm even being paid in these moments and to be there. And there's not, in some of these scenarios, there's not a legit, there's not a legitimate reason why they should be paying me to be there. Like on paper, it doesn't make sense always. And what's amazing is that when you walk in your Joseph favor, it sets you up that wherever you are, things prosper. And I really believe that this is one of the promises of the kingdom that's over us as a house. It's over everyone, but we're going to realize it um, and, and take hold of it, is that wherever I go, things are blessed. Wherever I go, things get better. Wherever I go, things begin to increase. Wherever I go, things prosper. This is a promise of the kingdom of God. Can I get a big amen? You know, so it's one thing to get excited about that. It's another thing to actually believe it. And the only way you can begin to apprehend that is if you begin to declare, profess, and, and begin to accept responsibility for the fact, hey, I've been called as a son or daughter of the king, which means I have full access, which means I get to try. So I'm in all these trying moments right now, and it's really fantastic, where Drew Neal's trying. Where he's just, yes, yes, yep, I can be there, yep, mm-hmm, yep, okay, yep, yes, 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 because the kingdom says yes. There's lots of development and lots of growth that's always available, and I'm taking every step I can in those doors as well to steward what's in front of me. But I tell you what, sometimes God needs us to be in a position where he for sure gets all the credit. Dan McCollum was saying it. Only God could do that. When you step into the full potential of of what God has made available for you, the end result as as you exercise your anointing is that people are going to say, only God could have done that. There is a only God could have done that reality that's available through your life. For some of you, it's that a marriage is going to be restored. You've been separated for five years. 
For some of you, it's going to be that your children come home. Only God could have done that. For some of you, it's cancer right now. <laughs> and only God can do that. Come on, for some of us, it's about the, the, the promotion and the opportunity. It's, it's baby steps in our faith. But you know what? There, there, it takes someone to say, hey, because I live in the kingdom of God, that means there is a king who has a rule over a territory. I live in the territory under the, the king of kings, and which means his rule will reign in my life, and his rule says that I get to be whole in my body in Jesus' name. His rule says that I have the ability to grow and know what it means to steward and to create wealth in everything that I do. Because I'm in the kingdom of God, that means that everything I touch is blessed. Everything, everywhere I go should prosper. It means that everyone should benefit from the goodness of God that's moving through my life. And the last thing I'll say before we close is that this is the shift between being the accusatory older brother, and truly walking as a mother and a father. You see, because mothers and fathers accept responsibility for their children, but the older brother accuses. It's not fair. I'm in comparison. Or they have more than I do. There's this, there's this hyper-awareness on the person to my left and my right, rather than an awareness on what God wants to do for me which then makes me available to become something for somebody else. And I would like to propose to you that the first step in initiating the reality of the kingdom is getting out of the position of the older brother and beginning to say, God, how can you give me a father or mother heart towards this situation? You see, because a mother and a father, they, they give generously to their kids. They give second chances and third chances, and every day is a new chance. And they just love, and they just love, and they just love. Come on. What situation in your life is just longing for the heart of a mother to be present so that a solution could be available? What place in your life are you living in isolation where self-rule's been declared? where the orphan spirit's been declared, where the elder brother spirit has been declared. And how can you invite the Lord into this situation? How can you shift your heart that you be soft and open before him? How can you live out the reality of the kingdom in your life today? What situation could you rescue in Christ and demonstrate his goodness? What person can you pray for that they truly would be healed. What place can you start, what realm can you start to build income and create wealth that wouldn't just be for you, but it'd be for four generations and for many people along the way? What place in your life is there wisdom available where the kingdom of God could show itself? It says, if you ask, you will receive. So Father, I thank you right now for your spirit that is in this place. I thank you, Lord, that your ever-increasing kingdom, <laughs> your ever-increasing kingdom is so near us. It's so available. And so right now, Lord, I, we just invite you to come and show us the places, the opportunities that we have. Lord, to demonstrate and live out your kingdom here on the earth or on Mars. <laughs> Father, we thank you. 
for your gentleness and your love when it comes and it makes an adjustment for us. And so, Lord, any place in our life right now where we've declared self-rule, Lord, will you show us? And with your kindness and your gentleness, will you just nudge us right now? Who are those among us, Lord, that need to be rescued? Who are those among us that need your power? Who are those among us that need jobs? Who are those among us that need to be mentored to understand that they can create wealth? Who are those among us that need wisdom? Father, we just thank you right now for your, your love and kindness, Lord, that shows us things. And we just make the divine exchange right now <laughs> in your love and in your goodness. And, Lord, we declare that, Lord, we are joyfully inhabiting your kingdom and joyfully exercising your rule and your reign. Father, we thank you for the joy of the kingdom. <laughs> We thank you for the love of the kingdom. We thank you for the peace of the kingdom. We thank you for the gentleness and the kindness of the kingdom. We thank you for the self-control of the kingdom. Lord, we thank you for the goodness of the kingdom. Lord, we thank you that this is what is tangible and available in the kingdom. And so we say yes to this ever-increasing kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, God, let us truly believe that we are not a problem. We are the solution in the earth. Christ in us is the solution in the earth. And so we just say yes right now. I break off limited belief systems right now. We break off lies. We break off trauma. We break off circumstances that have said you will not be able to. I break off the spirit of isolation, God, that wants us to separate from the group and believe we can do it on our own. Father, let your love invade this place right now. Oh, let your love invade that we would truly see as you see and hear as you hear. Lord, we declare the goodness of you over ourselves and those around us in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 